This is Speaking of Writers on Capital Region Sunday. I'm Steve Richards. The book Redline, a memoir of race, change, and fractured community in 1960s Chicago by the author Linda Gartz is out. When the first black family moved onto the block in the early 60s, whites fled by the thousands. But Linda Gartz's parents, Fred and Lil, remain with their family, overcoming prejudices as they came to know and like their new neighbors. The community nevertheless sank into increasing poverty and crime after two race riots destroyed its once vibrant business district. Yet Fred and Lil continued nurturing their tenants and property for 30 more years amidst a devastated landscape. Set against the backdrop of the civil rights movement, Redline is the riveting story of a Chicago family caught in the middle of the racial turmoil and social upheavals of the 19. 19- 60s. Lifelong Chicagoan Linda Gartz delivers a powerful insider's perspective of a racially changing community. Linda Gartz is a six-time Emmy honored documentary producer, author, blogger, and educator. She joins me now here on Speaking of Writers. Linda, welcome to this program. Steve, thank you so much for having me. This is great. So why did you write this book, Redline? Well, it started because after my mom died, um, my brothers and I were cleaning out the house for sale. And in the attic, we found that there were thousands and thousands of pages of letters, diaries, documents, photos. You name it, they saved it. We filled 25 bankers' boxes with what we thought was valuable. And um, we stuffed it in my garage for quite a few years. And when I finally had time to start looking at it, I realized that I had a treasure trove of 21st century Chicago, written by regular people who just liked to write and wrote about what their experiences were. So I started with my um, uncle's World War II letters to and from him as he studied to be a navigator, and I was whisked back into that era. It was like watching an old film. Their writing was so vivid. Even my grandmother could barely write English. She had a sense of how to communicate um, her thoughts and her feelings. So this then evolved into, oh, I have to write a book about this, but what should the book be? And that is what I struggled with for many years, and um, I'm trying to compress this a little bit. <laughs> and, then I, and then I finally decided that the, um, the issue of race, which is still with us today, was the most important thing to focus on out of all the thousands of possible stories I could have told. So I told, this is a family story. It is not an academic book. There are many wonderful academic books. But this is a a memoir that interweaves the racial um, changes and upheavals in our Chicago neighborhood with the story of a family who had committed their, basically their lives to living in this neighborhood. We're chatting with Linda Gartz here on Speaking of Writers. Her new book is Redlined, a memoir of race, change, and fractured community in 1960s Chicago. So Linda, what exactly is redlining and why do you believe it was responsible for the decline of your old neighborhood? Well, redlining uh, refers to a policy that was started during the Roosevelt administration under the New Deal, actually. It started um, because Roosevelt wanted to jumpstart the housing market and make more loans available, but of course, banks wanted to know their loans were safe. Um, So they sent kind of government surveyors all over the country to survey cities and color code neighborhoods by which ones were safe for loans and which they weren't. So they used a four-color uh, system. Green meant the best. You, well, a loan is totally safe there. Blue meant it is still very desirable, so a loan is safe. Yellow uh, meant definitely declining, so that meant that you know the banks might be a little leery. But red meant no loans at all were available, and that means no mortgage loans and no home equity loans. Let's say you want to fix a sagging porch or your roof. 
So what redlining um, did, besides those criteria, it, it specifically prevented blacks from buying homes because if one black moved into a neighborhood, then no mortgages were available for anyone in that neighborhood. Whites could flee and go to the suburbs where the FHA, who was also complicit in this, would underwrite um, the mortgages of white people. But the, um, actually the underwriting book for the FHA specifically says that um, they were not to underwrite any loans for African Americans. Of course, they didn't use that term at the time. Um, but they, um, they basically segregated America by you know, forcing, um, whites to, you know, forcing whites to leave in the sense that they had no choice to sell their homes for any decent price and uh, encouraged blockbusting, which were unscrupulous real estate agents who took advantage of racial fears to stoke the, leave, uh, the exodus of whites. Um, frightening them that the blacks were coming and leaving flyers saying, you know, better get out before it's too late. So um, whites sold cheaply, and then these blockbusters would turn around and resell the homes on contract to African Americans at often two to three times their value. And um, the contract meant that they never really had equity in the home, so they could pay off, let's say, half the contract, and if they missed one payment, the house would be repossessed and they'd be evicted. So the result of this is that today, um, first of all, blacks have about 6 to 7% the wealth that whites do because wealth was built through home ownership. And um, secondly, it's segregated America because most of the places that we see segregated today in most cities across this country um, were originally redlined. It became illegal in 1968 under the Fair Housing Act. But there, are still, there is still evidence today that, um, that whites still get mortgages at about three times the rate of blacks. We're chatting with Linda Gards here on Speaking of Writers. Her book is Redline, a memoir of race, change, and fractured community in 1960s Chicago. Linda, how did the riots of 65, prompted by the accidental killing of Desi Mae Williams by an all-white fire crew, and 68, following the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr., affect your community? Well, the first riots, which most people don't remember, even Chicagoans, because it occurred at the same time as the really devastating riots in Watts, Los Angeles. Those riots um, were spurred, as you mentioned, because a fire truck was leaving a fire um, house. It was all white firemen. And somehow, and this was not done purposely, but somehow the person who controls these, the ladder, because a, a hook and ladder truck has a long ladder that can swing freely, it swung freely on a sharp turn, and it killed this young black woman standing on the corner. Well, that sparked, um, or that sparked resent. Well, the resentment was there, and that was the tinder. And this accident sparked the tinder into a full-blown riot, where young people were roaming the neighborhood, throwing Molotov cocktails, burning houses. Uh, not so much houses as businesses. So that was '65. And it, it was certainly damaging, but it, a lot of people started leaving. The white people who were left thought, I'm, I'm not going to put up with this. I'm out of here. And then in 1968, after King was killed, well, there were riots all over the country in about 100 communities. And that completely devastated the East Garfield Park and, and the business district of West Garfield Park. And if, you want to, if any of your listeners would like to go online and just Google those riots, you will see fires that look like Dresden, and you will see an aftermath that looks like Aleppo today when we look at the, cool, the rubble that was left. So businesses left, 
Um, the economic base was gone. The city didn't do anything to try to help rebuild the neighborhood. I mean, we had a Marshall Plan after World War II, but our neighborhood didn't have a Marshall Plan. So um, it became a neighborhood that even middle-class African-Americans left, and that sucked in kind of a, a poorer population. More poverty meant more crime, and um, the result was a neighborhood that still to this day, 52 years or 50 years later since Martin Luther King's death, um, has really not risen from the ashes. Linda, your parents, Fred and Lil, they, they bought their first home in West Garfield Park, 1949. What did it feel like to find decades' worth of your parents' and grandparents' letters and diaries and calendars and poetry back to you that you had not known existed? Right. Um, it was magical. I mean, it, it, I started going through this. I became hooked. My, my brothers lived on the West Coast in Seattle, so they didn't really have a chance to pour over this like I did. Um, but I found my mother's diary from 1927 when she was just 10 years old, so I could kind of read her thoughts as a young girl and what was happening in her life. And my dad had a diary, and then during World War II, these three years of letters that went back and forth. And then my dad traveled for 13 years, and we didn't have you know, cell phones, texts. So they wrote each other letters when my dad would travel. And so I got a really good inside view of what it was like to be my mom at home, um, taking care of little children, managing a sprawling rooming house, and also living with my very mentally ill grandmother. Um, so, so I got so much insight into my family, um, many, much of it delightful, much of it heartbreaking. But it um, just struck me that you know, every family has a story. And um, there may be different ways of people to get at that story, but um, it, this was a story I wanted to tell about my family, and within the context of this changing neighborhood, I had to do research to find out you know, what exactly happened, and that's how I really read many, many books about um, racial change, and, and redlining is the culprit. So um, that's, that's how it, it, it just felt like I was on a magic carpet ride back into the and what is next for you and your writing? Well, you know, when I um, wrote this book, uh, the, I was so struggling, as writers who listen to your show may know, is to find out what is this story really about? What should it be about? Because I had all this material. And um, so I, I just decided to write everything I wanted to write, start to finish. It was 135,000 words, which is probably about at least one and a half times what a book should be. So I have a lot, and I really worked on those pieces, so I have a lot of pieces um, that I'd like to turn into essays and maybe publish um, a book of essays that bind together in some way. And I also have a blog called Family Archaeologist, um, and there's that, that aspect of my research is not in the book very much. I have all these letters from um, Romania. My grandparents were ethnic Germans from Romania. And... Um, I'd like to turn that blog into a book because it really has the essence. It, it shows the letters. I found a woman who could decipher the handwriting, and I was a German major, so I could translate it. So there's a really a lot in family archaeologists, if anybody's interested in family history, uh, that, or just human history. I mean, it's a very, a very human um, blog post. And then I have two other blog posts. One is about um, the letters of a World War II airman, where I posted most of the letters written to and from my uncle, and then also the one that I keep up today, the present one, Chicago, quote, uh, Chicago, colon, a view over time. So, 
So um, my next project, I think, would be um, essays. I also want to write more for um, newspapers, just op-eds. Um, but that's, that's where I'm hoping to go with this. Linda Gartz, the book is Redlined, a memoir of race, change, and fractured community in 1960s Chicago, out now. Linda, thank you so much for joining me. This was really great, Steve. And if people want more information, just go to lindagartz.com. That's G-A-R-T-Z. Tons of information on redlining, resources, things about the book, my family, photos, archives, etc. <laughs> it's all there, so... Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Linda Gartz, the book Redlined, a memoir of race, change, and fractured community in 1960s Chicago. And that is Speaking of Writers in Capital Region Sunday for this week. We're back again next week with another edition. I'm Steve Richards.